Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today as we will delve deep into helping you connect what you learn on Sunday with what you do every day of the week in your workplace. You know what? It doesn't matter what your workplace is. No matter what you do. It's not that it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. But no matter what you do, your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, employees, our bosses may ever meet. We need to remember that we've been given a light to take into the workplace. That light is meant to shine up on a stand so that everybody can see it and praise our Father in heaven. And then I work for him every day. We're always looking for people that have stories to share to help inspire us, to help tell us, hey, this is how I'm connecting my faith and my workplace. And there's lots of groups out there that I have found that support executive men. Tons of them. I've scoured the earth to find groups that specifically focus on the needs and the challenges of executive women. And I finally found one. I found Arate Executive Women of Influence. And I've got Diane Ogle on the phone today. And she's the founder and president of Arate-EWI.com. Diane, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure. Well, I hope you feel that way at the end of the show. You know, I hope it's as much fun as I think it'll be, but I always have as much of a good time. I want to just, as I do with every person that's, that is a guest on the show, I always ask them a question about where they're at in their faith. And so I've been asking this question at the beginning of the year. As you look at 2017, Diane, how would you like to see the Lord shape and move into your life? Well, Jim, I have a huge... Um passion for prayer. And it's been pressing in about five years now. And not that I didn't pray before the five years, but I would love at the end of this year that the Lord would look at me and say, good and faithful servant. And my communication would go deeper and richer and intercede even more with him. So, so well, that would look great. Well, and when you when you say that, you know, you want your mm-hmm. you want your prayer life to be deeper. And you said you've really been mm-hmm. you've been going deep into prayer five mm-hmm. years for the last five years. Mm-hmm. What was it that prompted that move into a much deeper prayer life five years ago? Well, well, some of it I I had felt like you said you need to pray more, and I kind of got insulted. <laughs> Lord, I pray all the time. I pray without ceasing, and so He showed me that I needed more discipline, more intentionality around it quite frankly, more holiness. I was very casual, and I don't think any of that's wrong, 
with the, the pray without ceasing, but he took me on a journey of showing me the more holiness part of coming before the Lord. And I feel such um, a, a great privilege to pray and intercede for my clients, for my family, my husband, my three boys, and for the Arite women that the Lord's gifted me with. So I, I don't take that responsibility lightly. I take it to the throne. <laughs> and when you, over these last five years, just describe, mm-hmm. we've got just a few seconds left, just describe for the audience the difference that it has made in your walk as you have really taken prayer more seriously. Well, the prayer has been amazing. Um, one of my members called me the shepherdess of the group. And so when I, when I looked at Scripture about what does a shepherd do, how does that manifest, one of the best things I can do is intercede on their behalf for them and around them and igniting the kingdom through them. Today we're talking with Diane Ogle. She's the founder and president of Arete Executive Women of Influence. And I'm just going to spell it out for you. So in case <laughs> you want to know how to get to the website, it's A-R-E-T-E-E-W-I.com. And Diane, before we go a little further, I suppose we really ought to tell people what Arete means. Well, Arete is the Greek word for excellence, and when I was praying about what the Lord wanted us to name the group, and I came across this Greek definition, I got chills everywhere, because it's the, it's the one word that both men and women attain to in the Greek culture in the space of excellence, courage, and strength, but it's all wrapped in the face of adversity, and I thought, that's it. Because so many hardships hit all of us, and it'd be easy to opt out. But it's when we press through and press in on the pain and continue the course of excellence that God gets magnified more. Mm. I love that. And we're going to hear lots more about the ministry that you've got there at Arete, EWI, Executive Women of Influence. But first, let's just step back. How did you come to be a Christ follower? Through VBS at age 11. My mom and dad went to a church that preached um, a different way for salvation. And there was a local church that had flyers, and my mom took us kids to Vacation Bible School. And during that same time, they had a mother's class. And she heard the truth and became a Christian for the first time. And in my VBS classes, I became a believer. And so it has been a joy journey since. And did you guys both go back and tag team on your dad then, or what? <laughs> dad was raised in the church, so it was not as revolutionary for him. He'd been a Christ follower since he was a young boy, being raised in Hematite, Missouri. <laughs> I was raised in Indianapolis area. So, But for Mom and I, we became Christians at the same time, which has just still to this day been a joy to grow in his fervor together. Mm, that's very very cool. Now this you you what, we're going to describe Arate, but first okay. I want to lay up your business background because you've got quite an extensive business background. If I spent time going through all of your acclamations, we would have the show half gone. And so, I wouldn't want you to do that. Well, well because because an affair. <laughs> I just read a I just read a book by an, a guy that I'm interviewing tomorrow, and he goes, "I hate it when people introduce me because they're always talking about all the good things that I've done. Nobody ever <laughs> says, and I failed here, and I did this, and I got this sin issue, and, and this I screwed is what this up. Me, and this is the uglies of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I love that. So I'm actually tomorrow when I interview, I'm going to say, "Hey, can I can I tell the whole 
whole truth about you then as I'm introducing you? We'll see. We'll, we'll see whether he goes for it or not. Yeah, that's right. So talk, talk about your business background. Well, I graduated with a marketing degree, and I have had the privilege of being in a lot of different industries from small to Fortune 5 companies in that space of marketing. And I was older getting married. I was in my 30s, and I had my first child at 33, and I had epiphany. I'm like, I can't drop off this little baby and still feel like I can do anything at work. I thought there has to be some way to navigate this new season. And my boss said, well, I'll become your first client. I had no vision of what that, you know, what my, what I always call it the what next. So she became my first um, client. And then I started interviewing men and women that had their own businesses to try to see what would God want me to navigate into? We still needed to earn a living, and my husband was in seminary at the time, full-time getting a master's in religious education and marriage and family counseling. So I, it was not an option for me to be a stay-at-home mother. So I started being able to come alongside business owners and um, small to mid-sized firms, and then a group out of New York City contacted me and wanted me to launch a Dallas. We were living in the Texas-Dallas area, Texas-Fort um, Worth area. And they wanted me to launch an organization or a chapter for their organization, which I did and eventually took over Houston and grew that quite substantially. But it was not anything to do with the faith. In fact, the local women, I call it, they handcuffed me in my faith. And they they called me their little Christian leader, but I could not be authentically the senior leader that I felt like God called me to and still do that well. So that was kind of my a big point of crisis for me at the time. Too. And that's what led you to setting up Arite, EWI, Executive Women of Influence. And Diane, right before the break, you're talking about how you're leading a group in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, you were handicapped, or as you said, <laughs> handcuffed and handicapped. They chopped your legs off from under you and said, hey, you're our, you're, you're our token little Jesus freak within the group, as our Jesus freak leader, as they were calling you. I know they were probably being nicer than that, but that's really what they meant. And, and, and you felt like, I, I can't live my faith the way I need to. I can't really train up these leaders the way I that's need right. to. That's right. That's right. And I had my third son at 40, and I told my husband, I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. We were living in Knoxville, and I was traveling back and forth to Texas once a month. And so I turned the reins over uh, of what I'd built um, independently of the New York group and uh, thought, I'll never do that again. <laughs> you know how God's got to get You told God say, never. I'm never going to. You told God never. <laughs> People listening today. Don't ever say that to the Lord. I will never do that. I won't go there. Don't ever even ask me to do, consider this. Those are the exact places you will go. It's God, true. God does it's not true. does not take kindly to, I will never do that, Lord. <laughs> if, right. if you're calling him Lord, you'll do what he says. That's right. Instant obedience. <laughs> okay, so you, you're in Knoxville, traveling to Texas. You sell off or you, you, you spin off your group there. And right. you just had your third child at 40, which, yep. way to go. Okay. Yep. So, boys are us. Boy, boys, boys are us. Boys are us. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So so they keep you very busy. Yeah, they're older now. I've got 22, 20, and 15. But So it's a little easier than when they were little. Yeah. Yes, just it, different problems, though, now. Oh, yeah, because there's girls involved now. <laughs> that makes it way more complicated. Because you know how complicated women are. <laughs> Believe me, I know. 
<laughs> but it can be a blessing, that's for sure, especially when we're all linking arms. So tell me about, so what caused you to form your group there in, because you're meeting now in Georgia, correct? And Central Florida. We and have, Central we have Florida. Two areas okay. that we've got leaders, executive level leaders, right? Oh, that's a good Well, point. we were living in the Orlando, Florida area. My hu- husband had been with Wyndham Worldwide for about 10 years and had the, the crash of 2008 finally caught up with him in 2010 and he lost his job. So we were sitting in that market going, well, Lord, I know you don't want us to die on the vine. What do you want from us? And he thought, well, he'd seen me um, doing executive coaching and working with business owners and business executives for a long time. And he thought, well, maybe this is my season to work with you under our business momentum group umbrella. And I said, no, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> but um, it ended up working where he did come underneath the umbrella using his leadership and wonderful skills around culturalization, organizational development. But in that season, I said, well, I'll have to coach you, but you've got to be a good coaching client. And I would show him how to just tell our story. And we met in a short amount of time with four different men, some that didn't know me that well. It's not like I had a long history. And at some point in those meetings, they would look across the table at me and say, Diane, you have got to start something for the high-level woman. And by the fourth one, I'm like, I looked at my husband going, okay, I think I need to pray about this. Because <laughs> initially I was like, did you tell them what I used to do in Texas? Because I didn't tell them that. <laughs> and so I did get confirmation that it was, it was what he wanted to do. And I always had a vision that if I did it again, I knew we were, A, we were missing women. I've always heard the pain of the heart of the plight of the high-level woman who has faith. It gets the higher she goes, the more isolated, sometimes misunderstood in her community, in her church, in her family dynamics that can be complicated. And yet, how do you link them together? And so um, once I secured the name, I could almost see it in four columns. So we have now women in profit, nonprofit, academic, and public service sectors that it has been beautiful. In fact, my nonprofit women are all from ministry at this point. They're all senior executives in different national ministries around the country. Um, so that has been absolutely beautiful. Well, and, but we've, yeah, we've built a really strong trust container. They sign a confidentiality statement because my emphasis is of one of transparency and vulnerability. And to do that, we have to build a trust container so that they can have a safe place to A, use their voice and be able to come in and just have a safe place to speak out whatever's on their heart, good or bad, right or wrong. And while we can create this iron sharpens iron environment. So uh, let's just take a I want to step back and talk about Mm -hmm. leaders as a whole, men and women. Correct. They really suffer. There's a lot of suffering. As, yeah. as I have studied right. and studied and studied for this show mm-hmm. and as I've interviewed people right. from a, you know across the country, mm-hmm. leaders suffer because they, they have to have authority. They also need to be vulnerable in order to be effective Correct. in what they're doing. Yet mm-hmm. they can't share their struggles. I mean, pastors can't share their struggles. Right. 
right. CEOs can't share their struggles because if they share their struggles and everybody either, first of all, people start thinking differently of them. Oh. Second of all, then they they may cast a, a, a pale on the vision going forward. And so they have to, they're, they're almost like silent sufferers Pain. kind of yeah mm-hmm. silent sufferers mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know and, and again as i said at the beginning of the show I, i've identified tons of executive groups for men and i have, right. i have been searching and because of kathy branzell uh <laughs> from love 2020 she said right. she goes jim i know of an executive group that's focused on executive women and i'm like fantastic mm-hmm. and she's people, one of our members right in the atlanta group <laughs> well, i wasn't going to disclose that because you talk about secrecy so i thought it was part of the secret handshake oh, no, no, no. Uh, so like but that. but talk about the suffering that these ladies because a lot of these ladies still have families and, and and so they're they're a lot of them are married. They got families, and th- but they're it's a struggle. It is, and it's a constant dance. I don't really like the word balance because it sounds like there should be some kind of ultimate attaining of it. I see it as always navigating for what is God's best for me in this season. So we, I have a couple of tools. We've done some assessment work as a group. Because I feel like if we can teach and use this small inner group how to have crucial conversations, how to do boundaries well, boundaries in our own personal life, but then as leaders, and and how to say the best yes, not just yes, women really struggle with this more than men, but how not to say yes to everything just because you can do it, but what is God's best yes? So we take dives into various topics. We take dives into really unpacking different things, um, especially like in this volatile political climate in the country. We've got women on all sides of different issues. And I tell them, I said, we're not a bunch of dogs in the back seat sh- wagging their heads. We've got to learn to be able to share our voice in a healthy way so that we can communicate to the deeper level. We might not agree with everyone on everything. We are a diverse group, which I absolutely love. I feel like it's a picture of heaven. When, when we can embrace diversity, but then, then with diversity of any kind, we have to respect and really understand not everybody's going to think and say and believe absolutely everything I do, and it's okay, but how do we go into conversation, and how can we still love well? Well, and I think that that's something that's so good. So what I've heard about your meetings, I mean, you guys you guys have like a retreat weekend once oh, yeah. a year, but then you mm-hmm. guys meet monthly. Is that what you meet? Or, Correct. Or, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we have other socials. We actually did our first mission trip last year where it took a third of the women down to Costa Rica and we poured into the woman leader who was working with women, not only in her team, we had a strategic planning session with her team, but we she, she ministers to women in their slum areas and into the mount, the women in the mountains in Talamanca. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful week, not only to give the, that senior leader support, encouragement, and really development while we were there, but then to pour into the women that she leads and the women they, they serve out in the slum areas of um, San Jose. So, but Arate Executive Women of Influence isn't just for Christ-following women. But it's being run no. by a Christ-following woman. So, right. It, it's a C-level to an executive-level woman who values faith. So I, I don't, you know, they're going to come from all different kinds of Protestant backgrounds. I don't have them say, okay, well, you know, what denomination? 
But you have to know that that is a core value of who we are. We have Judeo-Christian values as a group. And so because of that, we weave and work. I work on the whole woman, and I encourage them to take a look at their whole self, not just their professional or just, you know, one segment. I feel like we're whole beings. And so how does that play out in each area? Well, the conversations that you have, because I I, I want to dig into the, the ministry. And we're talking today mm-hmm. with Diane Ogle. She's got this ministry for executive women and C-level executives, people that are high level in the organization. They're people of influence within an organization that are women. Mm-hmm. And it's called Arate dash EWI.com. You can find out about it online. It's Arate Executive Women of Influence. The, the struggle that you guys are addressing is that the issues that women face in the workplace, even if they're running the joint, are different <laughs> than the issues that men face when they're running the joint. I mean, it, it, but people don't understand that. Right, right. Why is that? Why is it that women face different issues than men? Well, Quite frankly, sometimes we think different. Our emotions can be charged differently. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that women think differently than men? Oh, no. But at the end of the day, we need to go back to back and look through our kingdom filter and say, Lord, if you've risen me, if you've chosen to rise me in this space of excellence, what work do you have for me to do? How can I impact? We did some work. Are you familiar with the Seven Mountains? The Seven Mountains of Cultural Influence? Right. Absolutely. And so what what I did as an exercise one time is I took the women in both of our groups and had them plot out where they touch, whether they're on boards of directors, whether they serve in their communities, um, on their school boards, or whatever that their hands touch. And it was amazing how much there as a as a group, that their influence was impacting, not even including their, their employees or their their people in their uh, circles of influence, but just even the far-reaching. So if you take a higher-level man or woman and you can challenge them to look at what God's risen them to, it isn't about just the job anymore. It truly is, okay, Lord, I'm impacting lives, I'm impacting kingdom work, I can do I can do this company or this organization excellent. And what do you have more in store? What can I do? How can I reach even more? Diane, I want to just review for people just tuning in right now because we have a lot of people getting off work at 3.30, jumping on the, online with us. And let's just talk about the need, why you started Arate. What, what, what is this need for executive women? Well, I think it's Like you mentioned, there's a lot of men's groups out there, let alone there are women's groups out there, but anything to help the higher-level woman, and and especially if she has faith. So that's when the Lord made that really clear that I needed to do it, I'm like, well, I want you to give me the vision and the details like you did Nehemiah for all the plans that you have. And what I have found, it's almost like Moses in Exodus, where he was going into battle as a, as a senior leader. And when he, and it was in Exodus 17, when he was lifting his arms, he was winning against the Amalekites. And when he lowered, he started losing. And his inner, inner sanctum, her and Aaron, came alongside, pushed the rock under him to give him rest, and helped hold his 
hands up for the battle. And that's what I see with a group like Arite. I'm not saying that, you know, I think every senior leader needs to have that core circle because I think it's, it's, it's almost like the principle that as soon as you think you've arrived, pride sets in and you start regressing. <laughs> like, oh, I made it to the corner office, so I've arrived. No, we should always be pressing in and, and cloak ourselves with humility to say, Lord, how can I be better? And I think in one of the taglines that we say is we are better together as we link arms and we challenge one another. I love when you said just when we think we've arrived, that's when we start to, you know, it gets bad. And uh-huh. that is just so true because it goes uh-huh. right to our head. And we really never arrive. You know, use that example of Moses. Now, Moses is known as a friend of God. Uh-huh. I mean, there was nobody that spent more time with God than Moses. And, and Moses was face to face with him in the in the tabernacle. And yet Moses needed his two, his brother, his brother and Joshua to come alongside of him. Was it Joshua or was it her? As you said, it was Aaron it's and her. her. It mm-hmm. was Aaron and, and her, Aaron. sorry. Mm-hmm. So those guys come alongside of him to lift him up and to encourage him during a pretty right. tough battle. I, I think right. that is a perfect example of executives. It's a, it's lonely at the top. And people think that that's right. just a saying, but it's not just a saying. It mm-hmm. is lonely at the top. Talk mm-hmm. to me about some of the stories that you hear at Arate. Uh, Arate Executive Women of Influence. I want to give the website arate-ewi.com. Talk about some of the stories without mentioning names of the loneliness, the the frustrations, the isolation factor that these ladies feel at at the top being executives. Well, a lot of them, especially when they have faith and they're in a corporate environment or um, not a Christian ministry per se, they have to be very guarded. They're with today's legal climate and political climate, they cannot always be so overt about their faith. So how can they operate in an authentic way and still do their job? So it's, it is certainly a point of pain for them that some of the stories that have come out have been really wonderful. Maybe they were there in a boardroom and making decisions, and they were able to use their voice and come lean in at the table and believe that they belong there and make a difference. So, so, and some people will, some of my members will tell me just different stories about how sometimes it's not easy. They have to go to battle, but if it, and it's not always in a spiritual battle per se, it could be just an ethical issue and they fight for the employee. They fight, fight for the right thing for the organization. So, so what? What do you? I mean, and I, I love what you just said there because they not only a lot of times when there's a when there's an executive woman at the top, they're not surrounded by a lot of women, so they're mm-hmm. they're surrounded by right. a lot of men, so they're really right. fighting for air, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. you know that's the way that's the way guys mm-hmm. operate in a in a in a big organizational environment. They're all, they're all fighting for uh, their mm-hmm. their part of the turf, and women aren't normally they don't they have to fight for turf. I mean, I, I mean, we all watch Mean Girls, and Mean Girls was a documentary on, on female behavior. Right. It's, you, and aren't you glad all, that you had three yeah. boys instead? <laughs> and then the Lord has sense of humor, and he has me only working with women for the most part. That's right. That's right. All right. But what do you see as some of the major issues 
that these ladies in your group are facing that you're able to help talk them through? I mean, you've got a support group for executives. It's not really a support group like a counseling group, but it becomes like that because these ladies are interlaced with each other. Mm -hmm. And and as encouragers, what do you see some of the major issues that they're having to work through? Well, and I'm always trying to keep my fingers on the pulse for pain. So we navigate the the content and the topics, as you can imagine, I have a lot of learners in the group. We do the strength finders and I have a lot of responsibility and I have a lot of learners. And so I try to be couch that with some of fun, you know, making sure they're balanced out and make sure that we can be, you know, authentic. We don't have to be so serious and stiff, but some of the things they, they face is the imposter syndrome. Like, do I really belong here? Like, oh my goodness, I just had an epiphany and I just awoke and like, do I really deserve to be at this table or or at this boardroom or making this decision that impacts all of these people? And we, I've been along, had the privilege of coming alongside in my executive coaching with a senior leader of a publicly held company. And it's been quite painful because as you know, the client sometimes, the climate, sometimes you have to let people go, you have to reorganize. And the, these leaders at the top, they're the ones having to walk the scheme branches. And it's not always about making everybody happily ever after. And that's, it can be very painful. And to your point, then they can't share a lot of things. Some things that they are responsible for, it's highly confidential, especially in the, in the, in the, that high level place and in, publicly held companies. Right, public held companies. Yeah, they sneeze and the stock price changes. So I mean it's <laughs> I mean it's a, it's brutal. I mean it's tough. And what's cool about what you said earlier in the show today is that you've got ladies executives in your group that are from the the private sector, from right. the public sector, the mm-hmm. nonprofit sector, mm-hmm. the academic sector and the public mm-hmm. services so government kind of sector. Correct. Uh and that's got to make conversations really interesting because you talk right. about Different perspectives from right. from the from the public and private for profit sector to the nonprofit sector. There's a difference, but then you throw in acad- academia. <laughs> well, one of my first um, high level, she was the only woman. She's, I think she still is on the senior executive team of a large ministry. I went to her about four months after she joined Arite and asked her. Is Airtate, how is it meeting your needs, and are we meeting your needs? And she said, you know, Diane, I've, I have been in this for 38 years and worked my way up, and she's a single woman, and she said, I have a great gift of friends, and she comes from a large family and big amount of donors that she's been gifted with, and she said, but I realize I am getting so much from being able to step into the world of women in other areas that are also at high levels, and I'm amazed how much commonality, that's one thing I do here, even though they may come in and see, oh, the diversity differences or the assumptions that we all do about the differences, they realize once we come to the table and we start unpacking some things or someone is vulnerable about pain that they're facing, how much we have in common. Well, I mean, in, in the guys' world, we'd say, "Hey, we all put our pants on one leg at a time." I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to make. I'm not going to take a danger of making some sexist comment about how women get dressed in the morning. But it's the same idea. Right. It doesn't matter whether they're an executive or whether they're an assistant. 
They're complicated beings that God created in his image that desperately desire relationship, that desperately desire purpose, that that love the living daylights out of other people. And the and they feel and that's the thing about an executive woman over an executive man. A lot of times they feel a lot more of those emotions when Mm -hmm. making these tough decisions. That's not to say that guys shouldn't because guys definitely should. But but it is. It's an amazing paradox that they get shoved in. Really, they're executive women today, even though we're well into 40 years of women taking executive positions, it's still women in a man's world. It's still not a, a not a 50-50 world, even though 55% of the workforce is women. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing I challenge the women is we have to be, and this is for men and women, but we have to stay grounded and rooted like a beautiful tree. If we let the power of the schedule and the noose of the calendar take us away, it becomes like the tree quits getting their the beautiful stream fed, and all of a sudden it's upside down. It quit bearing fruit, and people all of a sudden noticed it wasn't bearing fruit, but then all of a sudden this huge tree comes tumbling down, and it's like, what happened? Well, the same thing can happen with these leaders. If they don't stay really grounded and rooted in who they are. They cannot, these positions can be too taxing, and they were never meant to carry that load alone, never. That's why an Arite and other groups like us are so vital for the senior leader. A, it helps with the humility, keeping us humble, keeping us always learning, keeping us doing the iron sharpens iron, which is biblical, so that we can grow and flourish like that beautiful tree that God created us to be. Mm, it's so fantastic. And we're talking today with Diane Ogle. She's the founder and president of Arete, A-R-E-T-E-E-W-I.com, a group for executive women, CEOs, executive, high-level executives from all different sectors of the economy, for-profit, both public and private sector, nonprofits, academic, the academic world, public services. This is a place for women to go to deal with the, from a female perspective, these high-level issues with like-minded women and from a Christian perspective. And, and, and Diane, how do you keep, you know, a lot of these women are, are, are struggling with, okay, the, the demands of an executive position, so it, it taxes their marriage, it taxes uh-huh. their time with their kids. How uh-huh. do, you, do you guys deal with those issues too, or are you just dealing with oh, issues yeah, of absolutely. organization? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, we look at the whole woman. And so if the family is out of sync or we aren't having time for friends or we aren't putting enough time into our emotional and physical, physical is a big one, Uh, our physical well-being, these temples that we have, and women that I think more than men struggle in that area of either eating too much or not enough. And it's a control thing because if if they have so much on their plate in their executive roles where they're not in control, they will, they will do the personal control in an unhealthy way. And so we do a lot of work, especially at our retreats, where we are challenging one another to be as healthy as we can be and do the, I call it the well-being, that well-being bucket in the core. What do you need to be well, to really have that filled? You know, making sure you are having enough time for your children, making sure you are having time for a lunch date with a friend and being intentional about eating healthy so that we can age well and continue to be used until the Lord calls us home, right? 
So we have a thing in our in our group where we don't believe in retirement. We, one girl calls it. She's with the CDC. She did retire this last week after 38 years with four agencies, and now we call it refirement. Her season of refirement, <laughs> and so we and she calls it repurposing, which I love it. Uh, and there is so much support for that. We call it I retire for him is what we call it. Oh, I love it. Uh, so because it is so true, it's just our second phase because God's not done with this. Retirement isn't biblical, but I love the fact that you guys are talking about that because there's so there's such a deep need for your executive women as they decide that they're done with these high-level positions to go off and mentor the next couple of generations. We're talking today with Diane Ogle from Arate. Executive Women of Influence. You can find out more about them online at arate-ewi.com. This is an executive group for ladies who really want to focus on excellence in the face of adversity as a female executive. And along with that, today we had a book we're giving away today. And so this is always available to people listening live and also listen people listening to the rebroadcast. Feisty and Feminine by Penny Young Dance, a great book for those of you that are feisty and feminine that really want to get a copy of a book about how to be a conservative woman. 877-943-9673. You can call and get a copy of that right now. Diane, as we close out the show, I really want to talk about how people can get involved because everybody listening knows of an executive woman who needs the kind of support that Arate is providing. Right. On our website, there's contact information. We do. It is a membership organization, and so it's critical that um, we we have an application process, an interview. I have them tell their kind of a fence post life story just to make sure that that executive is ready to commit at the level we need her to commit to and be able to receive open-heartedly, culturally with us. So explain, so, what, that, explain what that means, because that was kind of beating around the bush a little <laughs> bit. I mean, just be blunt, because people need to know, hey, do I fit or not? I mean, you're, you're asking people to really lay it all out. Right, yes. And a lot of it comes when I talk to them in the interview process, just to find out a little bit about their story and what are their points of pain and how we could come alongside them. So I limit to each chapter to 12 high-level women executives. Mm-hmm. And if, if a market got too big, then we would consider a second chapter in that market. You say but you I feel cha- like it's a biblical group. If Jesus discipled 12, then 12 is a good number. <laughs> well, you know, God likes number three, number seven, number 12. I <laughs> think I think people, like God created all the numbers. I think people get missed. They get, they get screwed up with that whole idea. <laughs> so, okay. But you've got a group right now in Central Florida that operates out right. of the Orlando area. Right. And you said right. you got one in the Atlanta area. Correct. So the next expansion area could be Tampa. Or could, Correct. Or in fact, I've be. got one application with an executive there in Tampa, so we're in the talks of that. We, she flat asked, could you open a chapter in Tampa? So we've been looking at that about a key influencer for each new market and integrating her with one of the two chapters or both of them, coming to a retreat, and then when we felt like the market was ready, then we would go into a new market. All right, so people can go onto your website, Arete, A-R-E-T-E dash E-W-I, Executive Women of Influence dot com, and, and contact you and start the process, do the vetting process, make sure they're really ready for it. You've right. got, and So you've got room in, in Central Florida, you've got room in Atlanta right now? Correct. I have a few slots in each. Okay, all right. And that's it. Talk to me about the impact that this group, you've got people that have been in the group for how many years now? 
What's the longest member right now? Well, we are a five-year-old organization, okay. and we do not have much turnover. And so we have many that have started with us. Since okay, so describe the transformation for these ladies. When you look at five years uh, ago, just pick one in your mind. Don't mention mm-hmm. any names. Uh, and you look at, at, at the transformation that God has done in their lives because of the impact of this group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That gives me chills, Jim. Because some of them are like butterflies. They may come to us and they catch the vision. They've had a pain in their heart. They knew this was something they needed. But then to watch the whole part of them integrating in as, a, as the group and then their own journey. And some of it does look like a butterfly. It is absolutely beautiful. And the other area I never thought about is walking with each other through transition. And that has been very interesting, whether it's work transition, life transition. Transition tends to be a big one. So how do we do that well, and how can we support one another through those transitions? So that has just been amazing to watch some of the women just blossom and, quite frankly, even pulling out of a season of heavy pain. Well, and and it's important to note for everybody that's listening, this is not a group just for executive business women. This is people from all different sectors of society, both both public and private sector business, both nonprofits, ac- the academic world, yes. the government services, public services world. Mm-hmm. It, people automatically think, well, that's just for business people. No, 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 no. And, and yet I, I am constantly frustrated with Christians who keep thinking, well, business doesn't apply to Christianity, blah, blah, blah. That, <laughs> but that's a whole other show. Another yeah, day, don't Diane. get me started on that. Yeah, no, we can't. we got we got to be done. Diane will <laughs> go with Herite, Executive Women of Influence. Thanks so much for being part of I Work for him today. Thank it was awesome. Thank you for having me, Tim. Hey, sometime come over to Tampa. We could do this right in studio together. Hey, I would love it. All right. All right. Thanks again, Diane. All right. As as we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio program, thanks for tuning in today. If you're interested in finding out more, go to arete, A-R-E-T-E-E-W-I.com and find out more about how you as an executive woman can get encouragement in your faith as you lead an organization. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I figured it out. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.